Thank you for tuning in to She Can Talk the Podcast. I am your host, Colleen, aka Gangali or Gangali MC if you want to check out that music on Instagram. Or Colleen Eat Wings if you want to check out what I be eating with them sauces and those wings. Hey. Hope you all had a good week, y'all. We are here at episode seven. Oh my goodness. I'm I get excited. Close to a month. Thank you, Jesus. We're still here. We're still rocking. And thank you all for rocking with me because, I mean, I could just be talking to myself, right? But I'm talking to you all, so I love it. And thank you all for listening and tuning in. Thank you for the feedbacks. Thank you for the emails. Thank you for the wing um, recommendations. I appreciate all of that. And thank you, thank you for just following me and showing me love. I appreciate it. This week's episode is going to be called ancestors but I'm pretty sure if you clicked on the episode already you see the title so yeah there you go so it's called the ancestors because um I can't lie I'm kind of going through Lovecraft country withdrawal or what have you so it just got me to start thinking about my own ancestry and my own ancestral history and then kind of tying that up with Halloween I started to think about some of like little scary stories and things that were um maybe of the supernatural kind that happened to me during my lifetime tied in with some ancestral history, you know? So I figured that would be a good episode for episode seven, which is also the Halloween episode. So thank you all for joining in and tuning in with me. All right. So I'm going to tell three, maybe three stories all related back to my family in some sort of way. And it's going to be scary because um, it's Halloween time. Well, I'm going to tell you like this. It might not be scary after I tell you the story because I'm not really like a scary storyteller. But growing up, these were things that happened to me that I was like, it scared the bejesus out of me when I was a kid, right? So I said, I'm going to share them with you just in the theme of the spirit of Halloween. All righty. So the first story will be titled my grandma's house. So my grandma had this big house in Long Island. You know, I won't tell you the address, of course, but (laughs) she had a really nice house. And the basement was a finished basement, like three bedrooms and a bathroom down there, you know, plus a den. And, you know, you can go out to the backyard, etc. But um, it was her basement. So 90% of like the kids activities, we would, she would send us to the basement to the den to like watch TV, play games, play music. Like she didn't want us upstairs or in, you know, her living room, her dining area, like her nice formal areas of the house. Right. So my grandmother could have been like interior decorator. Her house was off the chain. So I was always like, as a kid, scared to go and bathe in the bathroom in the basement at nighttime. Now, during the day, the basement was beautiful because it really wasn't a basement. Like, say, when you think of, like, a cold, drabby basement. It was like a, an apartment, like, finished, nice, decorated, and the bathroom was nice, decorated. It's just, the only thing is right next to the bathroom was, like, the boiler room. So it made those, like, humming noises because, of course, it had, like, the mechanics of the boiler or whatever going on. So you would hear that, you know. But at nighttime, it just seemed like it was magnified, Okay magnified and then as a little kid just and it is dark down there so you would have to like turn on the light at like the halfway you know it was like maybe like a landing so you come down the flight of steps it's like a landing then you go down another flight of steps so on that landing you have an opportunity to turn on the light down there 
like you know so you can see the bottom half of the steps but then once you go down the hallway it's completely dark and you have to literally walk into the darkness to get to the light so that was scary to me and I swore as a kid that I would see things down there like I see you know in the dark like I don't know people running by or someone standing there and my grandmother used to be like no it's just your imagination just your imagination and I used to be like, oh my goodness, I can't. I'm going to hyperventilate and just like have a heart attack and the ghost is going to drive me away and grandma's going to know nothing about it because no one believes me. So I'm like legit little kid down there. And then, um, I don't know, I would just feel like an eerie presence, you know, when you'd be in the basement. But then um, it really is like nothing that I can't really remember like anything definitely happened to me or I saw something, but just to come to find out that years later, that whole area was built on like, um, a old, either like old slave cemetery or old Indian like cemetery. So like a lot of the burial or a lot of dead was buried over there. And to me, I always felt like after I found that out, like no wonder I hated going into the basement because it just felt this eerie presence around you. Like even if I, as I say it right now and I'm like reliving the memory, I'm thinking of that basement and trying to go to grab the light to turn it on or whatever because it was like a little pull string like right in like the hallway like but you have to go into the dark to get to it and feel around for it and then pull it and then you can like see where you're at to go okay I'm gonna go to the bathroom or I'm gonna go to the bedroom or whatever the case may be but it's it was an eerie feeling right I just cannot explain it but I wasn't the only one because for example I have a brother I have cousins we all would freak out like individually and sometimes collectively. Now, we weren't as scared together, but it was more like, okay, it's going to be an adventure. We don't know because it just was an eerie feeling. But um, my brother was scared half the time. Like, oh, you know, and we started running or whatever the case may be. But I cannot actually say I remember seeing something. Maybe as an adult, I probably tucked some of them away. But all I know is as I just sit here and tell you about the eerie feeling of that basement, it was crazy. And the way the house was built was like, you really are going into the ground. Like it's not like a basement above ground type of house or whatever. So I kind of felt like there was people down there. That's my first story. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that one, but, um, eerie feelings. Like I'm pretty sure some of you guys could relate to that, right? Like, you know, you have like somewhere you probably grew up like a, some type of, you know, significant memory as a child where you went somewhere and like, you know, the lights flickered or whatever. I swore, like, I used to hear, like, people down there. And my grandmother used to be like, it's the boiler. It's the boiler room. And I used to be like, that would freak me out even more because it was a whole room with a door that they would, like, store things in. So if you were to walk into that room, like, someone could be hiding there and jump out at you type of thing, you know? So, and nothing was like that, you know, ever happened, thank God. But I just felt like it was people in the basement. And my grandmother was like, there's no one in the basement. So, I mean, literally one time I had a meltdown and I was like, I'm not going into the basement. It's, it's, it's something in the basement. Like, even though I'm saying it right now, I'm stuttering, you know, like it was so scary. And, um, yeah, they was like, my grandfather was like, let the girl bathe upstairs. Damn it. Like, what is this? Why are you torturing her to make her go to the basement? And she's, you know, having a meltdown. So that one night, shout out to G pops. Cause my grandfather like was like, uh, uh-uh. he was over the crying, I guess. So I didn't have to bathe in the basement, but 
that house was a really, really nice house, but it also had some very eerie nuances to it you know, and I'm not the only one. Like, I'm pretty sure like I could bring relatives up here, like cousins and they're all around my age that time. And we all grew up around, you know, in the house and go see grandma, et cetera. Everybody would be like, yo, what is up with the basement? <laughs> you know? So grandma's basement, I would say was scary within itself. You didn't even have to like see anything, but it's like, you felt it when you walked into the basement. So uh, I, 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 I don't know if that's as scary to you guys listening to me as I'm sitting here reliving it in my mind. Like, Oh my God, with the headphones when I'm looking around, like, Oh my God, you know, behind me because <laughs> you know, it's just like that feeling of like you walk into a room and everyone stopped and is staring at you type of thing. But there's literally no one in the room, but yourself, but it's like an eerie heaviness that's what that basement had. So like years later when I found out that um it was an area where you know had like ancient, I don't know if it was like a historic burial ground, but I know it was over time a burial ground or cemeteries, you know, it was in that particular area. And then they, you know, flattened it out. I don't know if they removed the bones etc, but then they redeveloped it and made homes and made communities and then um you had like different programs where they had incentive for people who lived in the city, working class people to move to Long Island. And there you have it. We, my grandparents ended up in Long Island and, um, it was a really nice house. We grew up there. Like generations grew up there, you know, <clears throat> and then they retired and moved to Florida. And hence, I think that's why like 90% of the families in Florida right now because of, of them. But, um, I also feel like, um, I, we, I wasn't the only one. I know that for sure. I even know adults that were scared to go into that basement because it was like, man, it's, it's something down there, <laughs> you know? And so that was just an airy feeling, like a heaviness, you know? So I'm pretty sure some of you out there can relate, if not all of you can relate to at some point in time. That was story number one. So, yeah, you know, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm trying to keep it around, like, the Halloween theme. So I had to really think about stories that were, like, really scary. This next one is going to freak you out. I'm just going to drink a little bit of water and then I'm going to get into it. Okay, so now we're going to move into my second story. This story happened in Virginia. So I was um, dating this guy who I shouldn't have been dating. And um, one day he came over to hang out with me and then he left. When he left, I fell asleep, of course, you know. And then I had a dream in this dream. I'm in the grocery store shopping for groceries. I'm pushing a cart. And at the end of the aisle that I'm going down, I see this lady standing there, black older lady. And, um, she looks out of place because she looks, her clothes looks like, um, I don't know. It looks like Tick's grandma waiting at the end of, out, you know, at the door of the house. She looks like that, like dressed like old school, 1800s, little house on the prairie, long dress with an apron. I kid you not. And she had like a head wrap on, like her hair was wrapped up kind of like African, like, but like a head wrap. And so she's standing, just staring at me, like not breaking concentration or her, her look. She's just staring right at me. So I'm, I see her. But I'm trying to act like I don't see her because as I'm going down the aisle, I'm getting closer to her. As I get closer to her, I'm feeling more anxious, I should say, or I'm feeling more nervous or just like a fear coming over me. 
Like, I don't know, whatever she wants to say or do to me, I'm not with it. This is my dream. And it felt so real. Like, I was really, like, this is, like, how many years later? And I could still remember this dream, like, almost verbatim. And so I said, okay, I'm going to reverse back down the aisle. As if reversing down the aisle wouldn't be obvious, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to act like I got what I needed down this aisle. And I'm just going to kind of slowly reverse backwards. And when I get to the end of the aisle, I'm just going to turn around and get out. And I'm going to just go the other way. And this is me in my dream saying this to myself as I'm dreaming. And I'm like, this feels too real. I can't even wake up. But let me tell you. I'm reversing and I'm looking at the stuff on the um shelves and I'm and I still see this woman at the end of the aisle not breaking her concentration looking right at me and I'm just acting like I don't see her and I'm reversing taking step by step so I kind of feel now that I'm at the end of the aisle so I go to swing the cart around and she's right there oh my goodness and she says ask him about the baby that's on the way and I just woke up like it was like she woke me up after that and immediately I called the last person that I seen and I was like hey you know you have a baby on the way and he was like who told you I know this I know that guy told you like and he swore up and down that a mutual friend of ours told me to this day he swears up and down that you know had to be that mutual friend and I'm like no it wasn't you know and I would never you know, lie and put it on someone and say that they did that. But honestly, who would really believe that, that, you know, I had that dream and it was clear as day. And so what's, what's deeper about that is, so around that time, you know, Mike, well, still my grandmother, well, at the time, my great grandmother was like always into buying lottery and she was always into dreams. So she always like, the dreams mean something, this means something, you know, pay attention to your dreams. So ever since growing up, I always had that notion of like, say if a dream sticks out, not every dream, but sometimes you can tell the different ones. Like this isn't a dream. This is something that I'm supposed to pay attention to right here. And you can feel it. So that's how it was. It was like, okay, let me um pay attention to what's going on here because this is important. And I don't know why I'm feeling like this, you know. So years later, I've come to my own analytical conclusion that I was reversing from the truth. I didn't want to face the truth of what was in front of me, which was that relationship was doomed. But um, ultimately, she was like, hey, look, we're going to cut the chase and cut the BS. This is what's going on. Like clear as day. So, pre- you know, after that happened, you know, a couple of weeks after that happened, I called my mom. I'm talking to my mom on the phone. And I'm like, oh, you know, I did ever tell you about the dream I had. And I told her about everything and about everything that transpired. And she was just like in shock. And she was like, do you know who that was? And I was like, no. She was like, so she's like asking me questions. Like, do you remember th- what they look like? Do you remember? And I'm like, yeah, she had a head wrap on. And she was this. And she was like dark complected. And she looked olden day, like Little House in the Prairie, uh, you know, like olden day, you know. And my mom was like, that's mama's mother. Mama is my great grandmother. That's what we called her, like, you know, mama. And she was like, that's her mother. So this was my great grandmother's mother. So this was my great great grandmother that was in the dream. And I was like, uh uh-uh. uh, are you serious? And she was like, that's what it sounds like. And she was like, that's so crazy that you had that dream. 
and she was like, and then for you to, t- like, if what you're telling me is true and you called that person, it was, and they confirmed it right there on the spot. That was something that you had to know. And that was something that was, they, they wanted you to know so you can, you know, deal with it accordingly. Like as far as remove yourself from the situation. So I was like, wow, that's crazy. But I will say this, I've had her, had dreams with her again you know, as years went on, that was like the very, very first one. And I think the very first one scared me, but I've had dreams of her again, but I won't go into all of that, you know, saying that's my, um, personal, you know, FaceTime with God. She's my personal angel there, you know, but I do believe in guardian angels and I do believe that she's one of them. In addition to that, this is going to be a nice segue into another story that, um, freaked me out. And this was a real, like, it wasn't a dream, but I think the dream kind of segued nicely into this one. So, um, living in Virginia, you know, you know, like I always tell you guys, I'm Jamaican. So I was so excited to find a Caribbean grocery store that sells, um, you know, hard dough bread, you know, oxtail and the fish, you know, snapper. And I'm talking about, they had like, it was a market, like a grocery store. They had like the cola champagne, all the fresh, you know, the vegetables and the fruits, like anything you could think of bun and cheese, the real cheese that you use for the, um, bun, the Jamaican cheese. Like, you know, it was a really authentic, um, Jamaican store, um, grocery store. And I would go there like every Saturday, like, you know, you go do your errands, you go to the grocery store. I would go to like, the regular grocery store, then I'd make my stop at the Jamaican, you know, the Caribbean grocery store, pick up some stuff, some seasoning, some stuff from there, and then I go home, right? So this particular day, I'm leaving, it's like a Saturday, nice day, I don't really remember all the particulars, because this is years ago, because like I told you, I was living in Virginia during these times, I live in Florida now, but um, one day, is like a Saturday, and I'm leaving out of the grocery store, and I'm going to my car. So I cross, you know, as soon as I step out of the store, I cross in front of this car and there's a guy sitting in the car and he's like, excuse me, excuse me, miss, excuse me. So of course I'm like, I'm not looking back at some, you know, dude trying to holler, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, I'm running my errands. I'm not in the mood right now. I'm trying to get to where I'm going type of thing. So I ignored him. He was like very persistent. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, miss, miss, miss. So I'm like, man, please. I kept going to my car. Kind of rude. I know. And if you're listening out there, fella sorry. <laughs> but, um, long story short, I got to my car and I'm opening my door. He pulls up the same car, pulls up and basically blocks me in. So he's pulls up behind my car. I have like, I'm in a parking space. So it was two cars on each side of me and he just pulls up behind me. So I can't go There's a car in front of me. So I'm basically blocked in. So I'm getting this, my car, but he's like, excuse me, excuse me, miss. I was trying to get your attention. And so I'm like, what? You know, so I'm like really kind of defensive because, you know, parking lot, shopping, weirdos coming at you, woman by yourself. You know, you know the scenario. So I'm just always alert. I'm from New York. I'm alert. So I'm like, what? And I probably, you know, when I was younger, I'm, I'm pretty sure I came off more rude than nice. <laughs> so anyway, I was like, you know what, what you saying? And he was like, who is the two ladies with you? I just have to ask you. And I was like, um where what are you talking about and he was like right now one of them cooks really well and one of them bakes equally as well who are those two ladies and I was like my grandmothers and he was like yes yes they are and they said to tell you that they're with you every step of the way and he just drove off and um I don't know where he went to or whatever 
or if, you know what happened like but it was really weird because I almost felt like he was waiting for me outside the store you know and he drove around and blocked me in to tell me just that and then pulled off and left so here I go once again calling my mom like ma you would not believe what happened to me blah 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 and mind you the one that bakes really well is my grandmother mummy who um god blessed you know god blessed the dead because she's passed on she's mama's daughter so mama is my great-grandmother mommy is my grandmother and mama cooks crazily both of them cook equally well but mama throws down in the kitchen and mommy cooks amazing like buffets you know but her bacon she'll have like waterfalls with champagne and like wedding cakes any type of cake that's her thing you know like people paid her to make cakes just for the holiday season for them you know and she would be preparing raisins all year round for cake for Christmas so as soon as he said those two things I knew exactly who he was talking about right and it was crazy because it was kind of at a point in time where I was um you know maybe feeling you know alone in the world you know like as you're in your 20s or whatever, late 20s, and you're finding your way. You're trying to figure out, like, what am I going to do? What where would I want to go? What am, what does What's my purpose, you know? So, yeah, I did a lot of soul searching and a lot of, like, maybe talking to myself. But in reality, maybe I was talking to my ancestors. I actually know I was talking to my ancestors, and they were listening to me. And I felt like that was their way at that time of letting me know, like, hey, you're not by yourself, and we hear you. When you're talking, you're not talking to yourself. You're talking to us, and we, we fully hear you and want you to know that we're here with you, you know? So that's how I took that. So maybe it wasn't scary, but it was kind of scary because some random guy just, you know, tra- trailing you in the parking lot, making you feel like he's about to abduct you or something or do something crazy or say something crazy to you, you know? And then he comes out and says, like, the most least expected thing, you know? And it made my day. It also made my mom's day because when I told her about it, she was like, wow, you know, did you get his number? Did you? I'm like, no, I didn't. I was not. I didn't even honestly have time to get his number because he just drove off. But I don't even know if I would have wanted his number because that was scary within itself to me at the time anyway, you know. But um, that's why I call this episode The Ancestors because my grandmother's house with the basement that was scary, that was mommy's house. That, that she would bake amazing cakes and have these lavish barbecues at her house and lavish parties, holiday time, like every holiday. I think I'm festive, like, and I love holiday seasons to get festive and stuff. And I think I get that from my grandma. She's Aquarius like me, um, you know, so I just, I don't know, I think I got like a lot of my social traits from her and my business oriented traits. Definitely. I get that from my granny as well. Shout out to mommy. But, um, yeah, so it was her basement that was freaking scary back in the day. And then later on, like after she passed on, it was like, you know, the gentleman, it was her that the gentleman said was with me. And he was, you know, her and her mom, you know, which is my great grandmother, mama. And it was like, you know, they're both with you, with you. So you're good to go. I'm not saying you're good to go, like, you don't got to worry about it, you can, you know, you're fearless, but, like, letting you know, like, you're not alone, even when you do feel alone, type of thing, so I took it like that, but still, get with me, guys, it's Halloween, and even though I'm not trying to scare you into, like, 
oblivion with you know the ghost talk but it's still ghost talk you know and it's like spill i wouldn't really say ghost like who like whatever but it's ghost as far as ancestral spirits you know that are with us you know so i thought that was interesting i thought that was really um fascinating and it also made me that's why i think i like stuff like um you know lovecraft country for sure because i think that just hit home and i just think like you know misha green and who else whoever else had a hand in that pot you know could relate to those type of stories and growing up like that as a kid and you know reading them but then also experiencing them as well you know so i know i'm not alone in that so i say that with confidence but um yeah so that was story number two so what did i say the first one was about my grandma's basement then I segued into, you know, my dream that was really weird. And it made me feel like I was a fortune teller for a little bit. I'm like, just come back with the lotto numbers, you know, like, so we can, I can set up the rest of the, you know, of the, you know, the generations to come. Let me help them out, you know. But she's unfortunately did not come back with any lotto numbers for me yet. So I'll still keep a light on, you know. But um, so then I went from that into, um. I don't know the weird, I'm not, I'm not going to say weird, but I guess you could say he was kind of like a, either a psychic or a medium. That's what I think he was, a medium. Um, you know, remember those shows, like it was a show, I don't know, well, not really a show, but I remember it was a point in time when talk shows were like really the thing, like Sally, Jesse, Raphael, Geraldo, and I know I'm probably like going old school, but I'm my great grandma's baby. So she would be sitting there watching all that stuff. And I'm in there with her, watching all that stuff with her. So it was a point in time where, you know, they would have like, I don't know, different episodes, or different guests, I should say, on different episodes. Like, oh, they, this is a psychic medium and you could, you know, ask her questions about, you know, dead relatives and they'll tell you what you want to know. If you have any on, if you want some closure, you feel you didn't get closure, etc. So they would have different people on shows. So I even remember, um like the Long Island medium, you know, she was one. It was so many different shows where people would, you know, say they are communicating with the beyond. And um, I don't know how, you know, 100% true those shows are or whatever, but I don't doubt it is what I'm trying to say. I don't doubt it because I feel like um, it's just, I don't know, maybe it's just part of the divine order of nature and life. I don't know. But um, I do believe that we do have ancestors that are with us, you know, and then you'll be like, well, damn, like, you know, my family's big. How can he be with me and be with everyone else? Maybe they can because they are in the spiritual form. But I feel like, um, whoever you've connected or bonded with, you know, during your, um, time of, you know, living and growing as far as like your familial relatives, your immediate relatives, the ones that you bond with, I think you'll always have like a spiritual connection. Like say you ever hear like twins and they'll be like, Oh, my, my sister got sick in Kansas and I was in Ohio and I got, you know, I felt a pain in my stomach, you know, and then I realized that her appendix burst or something like that, you know? So you hear people in, you know, regular life, like living and you see like twins will have that type of chemistry. I've seen husband and wives have that, you know, I've seen brothers and sisters have that fraternal brothers and sisters have that, um, sisters and sisters, you know what I mean? Just relatives or even cousins, you know, like someone, whoever you've been close with, you know, you'll, you'll feel it, you know, and then you'll, I don't know, you'll, you'll be able to, um, 
feel them. I, f- I feel it even in the afterlife. You know, so like if they go or you go or whatever, it's still the connection will still be there. That's how I feel. You know, so it sounds weird, but um, yeah, she can talk the podcast, and it's the Halloween episode, so I'm talking about things that are kind of off of the um normal path, and you know, of course, it's like a couple of days literally before the um the election. And, um, you know, kind of want to lighten the mood a little bit further before these last couple of days, because we all have to focus. And if you haven't voted, I'm not trying to go into a tangent, but if you haven't voted, do your research. You still have a little bit of time here. You have a lot of time actually, but, um, do your research, you know, look up whoever you're interested in and whoever tickles your fancy and make sure that, you know, they are meeting the needs that you're, you're of your interest. And, and cast your vote. That's what I'll say about that. But, you know, you have a couple of days on that, and I'm not going to go heavy into it. But like I said, so I wanted to keep it Halloween and keep it supernatural and keep it, like, semi-scary maybe. I don't know. I don't know if this is freaking you guys out, my stories or not. But um, even me just remembering them, it kind of brings back that scariness. You know, like when I was talking about my grandma's basement, I felt like I was in it again. You know, like when I, I see that guy pulling up at the car and I felt scared on like triple levels with the dude in the car because, you know, it was, around, you know, it was just like a busy shopping day. I don't know if it was a holiday time or what have you, but it was a busy shopping day. This is a, that shopping center in particular was like a lot of hustle and bustle, a lot of traffic. So somebody could do, you know, could have God forbid, you know, snatch you and not really you no one will really seen anything per se you know type of thing so I'm happy nothing like that happened but it was just scary on so many different levels and then for him to go to a supernatural level it was semi scarier as well you know so that was interesting all right so we're gonna move into another story okay so there was um okay so in Jamaica okay I, my grandma, God bless her mama, would always tell us like scary stories about just, you know, how like the spirits, you know, I don't know if it's, uh, if it's, um, the way they interact. Cause I feel like if you still entertain them, the spirits will be there and they'll get stronger versus fading away or, you know, go, transitioning on, you know? So she would tell stories about just different things that you'd be like damn so the ghost just be chilling like me and you I don't know if I want to go there like what's what's that about so one of the stories I'm going to give you one of my grandma's stories um might as well pass them on right you know that's what ancestors do got to pass them on from generation to generation so you guys are part of my new generation a so live from grandma's vault here we go she told me this one story about two brothers in Jamaica and um they would always hang out and party. One brother would be on time, you know, like for curfew every night. And his mother would be like, make sure you bring your brother home with you. Do not leave him out there. Make sure you get home on time every night. So the older brother was like, yeah, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And would party and leave the little brother. The little brother would find his way home. So, you know, that kept on going on, kept on going on. So, um, Every night he would get home, his mother would be waiting for him like, what are you, you know what I'm saying? Why are you late? You're always late. I'm going to lock the door because you're not going to continue coming in here late when I told you to curfew and your brother curfew. How come your brother come home and you can't come home, you know? So she cuss him out. Sometimes she'll lock the door on him. 
And then he knew, like, if it was, like, after a certain time, like, the door would be locked. So he couldn't even come in the gate, you know. And then his brother would have to come out there and kind of sneak and open it up and let him in. So every night, every night, they was kind of almost expecting the routine of the older brother is going to be late. Mom is going to cuss him out. And then little brother is going to have to open the door for him once she goes back to her room. So this night, you know, after it's been a routine, it was a big party. They all hanging out. The younger brother went, he was with his girl, you know, the older brother went, all the girls love the older guys, the older brother. So they're all around him. They're all hanging out. And then, um, he just like goes off for the crowd. Like, you know, he's off partying with the crowd. So the little brother does not see the older brother after a while. And he already knows what it is. He's like, Hey, I know it's a big party and all I have fun, but I'm going to go home and make that curfew. So he makes it home. And then he's like, never really goes to sleep right away. Cause he knows the routine of his, his brother's not that far behind him. And then he's going to have to open the door for him, etc. This night that didn't happen this night. They waited all night for the brother to come home, and he didn't. The next morning, the police came and told him that the brother got into a melee after the party or on his way home from the party or something to the effect and ended up getting killed in a fight. So distraught, they were like, you know, what? You know, it was a blow. And the mother was like, I should have never, you know, I should he should have made curfew, blah, blah, blah. If he only made curfew. So, you know, there was it was a tragic situation. She cried. They buried him, everything. So the mother was like, now it's months later. And the mom is like, you know, hey, son, you're going to have to get on with your life. I know your brother's not around, but you can't, like, be scared to go out and socialize with your friends and you know your girlfriend you had a nice girl that you were talking to you can't like stop your life because your brother you know because of what happened to your brother so go out it's a party coming up this weekend I encourage you to go out and hang out with your friends and you know kind of get some normalcy going on again you know so the brother's like all right mom I'm gonna go out so he kind of like you know, built up his nerves and was like, okay, I'm going to go out, you know, and have a good time. The whole time he was out, he felt guilty because he was like, normally like he'd be looking over, he'll see the crowds and, you know, his brother's the center of attention or he'll look over there and like, you know, his brother's conducted some type of, you know, just being the life of the party. And he was remembering that and that would make him sad, but he was trying to fight his sadness and he ended up having a good time. So his friends, you know, cheered him up and, Overall, it was a good night for him for it being like one of his first nights going out after his brother passed away. So then he looks up because he's always been, you know, dogmatic with the curfew and like, I'm going to be home on time, you know. So he looks up and he's like, oh, it's time for my curfew. I got to go. And he's been even more strict on himself with the curfew ever since what happened to his brother. So he's going he's running down the street you know not looking left or right he gets home and he's like yes the gates open I'm you know I'm in I'm on time so he goes to the gate and he's about to walk up the steps when he walks up the steps well when he steps his first foot on the first steps he feels a gush of wind rush past him and when he looks up at the top of the step first he looks behind him like what happened like something just rushed past him and then he looked behind him, then he looked up. It was his brother at the top of the step. And his brother said, I made it home before you tonight. 
and you know the brother was freaked out from there and you know just lost it from there and then the mother had to come down and console him because she didn't see it she didn't see her son or you know his spirit but his brother did so that's like another a perfect example of um how people can be connected after the fact you know but I don't know if that was an old wives tale folklore but um my grandmother told that story with so much conviction it scares me just even telling that story right now you know and to just show you like that connection between the two brothers was so strong even though one was playful even in the afterlife he was still playful with his little brother so it was crazy that was a interesting story just to keep it in Jamaica I have one more for you from there um then we might bring it back to the states after that but this story here very very interesting okay so it was a DJ in Jamaica that um he was so shooken up this is once again this is not my great-grandmother that told me this story this is my grandmother that told me this story and she said around her time in Jamaica there was a DJ that DJ on the radio station all the ladies loved him it's no different than these times like he's popular he's good looking he throws the parties he's on the radio he's the guy so he was DJing a party like in the country and I guess he's coming back to the city now where he lives where the radio station is and you know where he works so the party's over he's driving back from the country back into the city he's coming down a mountain basically like the mountainside on the mountainside is like the red dirt so he's like you see all the red dirt and everything but it's like red dirt wall and cliff fall to your death on the left side there's no in between or no safe barrier type of thing so you're just driving and your best bet is to just keep going because you don't want to stop you just you can't really turn around you just got to keep going type of thing right so he's driving and it's late night it's like three two three in the morning it's dark there's no lights this is like 1960 something you know and maybe even 50 something honestly i don't even know when this happened but this my grandmother was telling me the story and um, the DJ is coming down the road. As he turns, like as he's going around the curve, he sees a woman walking. And he's like, what? I know I don't see a woman out here walking. There's, there's nowhere to walk out here. And there's nowhere to walk to. You're on the mountainside. Where is she going? And he's like, I know this is not a person that come from, you know, a certain part of the you know country to come to my party to see me DJ. And they're walking back home. No, man, I have to stop and give them a ride. So the girl's walking. He pulls up next to her. And he's like, um, hey, what you doing out here? And so she's walking a little bit. But he's like kind of driving next to her. And she's like, he's like, um, it's late. You know, this is not safe for you to be out here. Get in the car. Let me give you a ride. So he stops and he kind of opens the car door. She gets in, closes the door look straight ahead and um so he's driving and he's kind of like happy he has a little bit of company now because it's like i'm tired but i was coming on this mountain so i could talk a little bit so he's like oh were you at the party you know like you know so because you out here you're looking nice blah 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 so i know you didn't come up the mountain 
to the party, man. Like, wow, that's serious. So he's talking, 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 but he's not even really realizing that she's not responding to him. Like he didn't, it didn't really hit him right away that she's not answering him back, but he's kind of like me. She can talk <laughs> so he can talk. So he's just talking to her. He's like, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm so happy. I saw you. I gave you a ride, blah, blah, blah. So as they're driving and they're about to, um, I guess go that last piece of the mountain and then, you know, he's going to be back on, you know, mainland type of thing to go into town, but he's still in the mountain, like this last stretch of the mountain, his car just cuts off, just shuts off, can't start nothing. So he's like, you know, looking down at his car, he's looking at the gauges. He's trying to turn the, um, you know, key. He's like, what? What's going on? My God, it's nothing wrong with my car. And so he turns to the girl to say, hey, I'm going to go check underneath the hood real quick. When he turns to the girl, there's no girl in the car. No girl in the car. No car door open. He didn't hear a car door slam. He looks around. He looks around him. There's no one there. No one there. Like, there's no girl walking away. There's no girl, like. You know, like nothing. There's no girl in front of him, behind him, left, right, nothing, nothing. It's just him, his car, pitch dark. So he's now he's freaked out. He's like, <sighs> and he turns the car on again, and the car starts up with no problem. Of course, he threw it into drive and sped home and was freaked out to the point that he went on the radio station the next day when he went to work, they was like, what happened? Like we, the party was that good. You look, you know, you look bad. Look like you saw a ghost. And he was like, I did. And he told him the story. They didn't believe him. And then he said he needs to, you know, find out if anyone else had that experience. So he told the story again, what happened to him on the radio that night, you know, during his set. And he was like, call up to the radio station, call up and tell me if any of you experienced this or know what I'm talking about. And then people were calling up like, yeah, mommy did see it. And she took off a whole bus one time and all type of stuff. People were calling with crazy stories about the lady on the side of the road, walking up the, up and down the mountain. And they said that um, she basically um, lives in the mountain because she won't let you take her into town. She'll stop the car and get out before you can get into town or, you know, leave them actual border, I guess, of the mountain or whatever. And I was like, that's scary. And so he basically had a breakdown on the radio, like, you know, like, bum, bum, and it noise, I go, I dump him in the civic car. And in Jamaica, they call ghost duppy. And so he was on the radio, like having a meltdown because he literally let a ghost into his car in the middle of the night and drove her down the mountain. That's freaking scary to me I don't know about you guys that's why I don't really celebrate Halloween because I grew up on some stories that were I don't know if they're folk tales but the way they were given to me it was like they were real so I treat them as such and I don't play around and don't doubt it that's why hitchhikers eh. if I see some random weird person because where I live at like for me to go certain places it's like I'm driving down very rural roads, you know, with like farm and cows and shit, you know? And if I see, and I have seen an occasional random person walking down the side of the road, you know what? You know where you're going. You have a destination. Now, sometimes you might see them walking away from their car that's disabled or 
been, you know, broken down the side of the road. But I will say the one thing about Florida Highway, it will not take them long. Someone will show up. Someone, repeat, will show up. If it's not the police, it's going to be some type of state troop or something. With someone with assistance will show up. It's like, it's like they are on the road, you know. So there's no need for me to stop. <laughs> That's how I look at it. I'm not saying that I'm not a good Samaritan, but to some degree, because I don't want to let a ghost in my car. Does that make any sense to you guys out there? I don't know. I hope I'm not rambling. This is totally the Halloween episode, guys. So I hope you are getting into it, you know, because it's the truth. Like everything I'm telling you is not fabricated at all. Like the stories that I'm telling you, like I'm giving you the credible, the sources, which was my grandmother's and, um, I've been through my own stuff with them in real life and in the afterlife for the, of their afterlife to let me know that it's real. And um, so I, I take their stories as very valid and I believe them as well. Now, my own stories, completely real. And um, honestly, I feel like talking to you guys is a little therapeutic so I can tell these stories and don't feel ashamed about them because it really did happen to me. And sometimes when you hold things like that inside, you, you go freaking crazy and be feeling like, um, am I crazy? Did I dream? You know, it was a dream, but am I just dreaming some crazy shit? But it wasn't a dream because I dreamt it and woke up, made a phone call and confirmed it. So it was a little bit deeper than a dream there, buddy, you know? So I believe in stuff like that for sure. You know, I definitely do. Um, what else, you know? And with that being said, that's why, um, I take things seriously. Like, um, you know, like, people touching your hair, people, you know, putting their feet in your shoes, like literally putting on your shoes, like stuff like that. For me, I just get a little, um, leery with, and not saying like, I feel like people are trying to harm me or nothing like that, but I just feel like it's energy, you know? So it's like, you don't want to take on someone else's energy and you don't want to pass on your energy to someone else because you might have a good spirit and then you pass it on to someone else and you're left with a negative spirit. You know, so you have to guard that. You have to guard your energy. You have to guard it with all everything you can, you know, because it's it's important and it's um it's you, it's the creatings and makings of us, of us as individuals, you know. So yeah, so when I say um I take things like that to heart or when someone tells me a weird story like that, I don't doubt it and I don't um shun them because Hey, I've had, I have a a couple of encounters myself, you know? So yeah. Now I definitely believe in guardian angels. I also believe that, um, maybe, you know, some people are sent to you and you don't even know if they're real or not. You know, like for example, just, just give you another story and Colossal can verify this one with me because he was with me in England. We was in London and, um, we was on like the metro, I guess you call it, the train, and we're going into London City. And um, the train setup, even though it's in English, it's not like I was in France, so I had to like pull out my translator or anything, but um, everything was in English, so okay, you could read it, but the train station is not like New York subway map where I can kind of figure it out real quick. And it was like undergrounds on top of undergrounds on top of undergrounds on top of undergrounds. Okay, I just felt like I was just going deeper and deeper and deeper into the city of London through their trains. Like, you get off a train and you're walking through and you go down, go down, go down. You get to the train and you're walking through. It was crazy, right? But when you're in the train, it kind of looks, it gives you the remnants of, like, New York City. Like, London to me on a train reminds me of the Bronx. Like, I was on, like, the two train 
easily or the four train easily in the Bronx. That's what it reminded me of. Really more so the two and the five, but yeah, that's what it reminded me of. But um, this particular day, we was trying to get to our destination, and um, we were like, hey, you know, asking people that look like us. And I'm not to sound crazy, but we're looking for familiar type of faces. And we're trying not to look as touristy as possible. And we're like, hey, we're trying to get to here. One lady looked at me and was like, didn't even answer me. Looked at me and rolled her eyes and looked away. So I was like, okay. So one lady kind of peeped that. Another lady, I should say, peeped that and said, hey, the map is right there. You can just find everything right there. When you get off the train, just go over to the map. You It's going to show you where you're at and boom. So she helped us out a little bit and I appreciated that. So I was like, that's cool. I'm going to talk about train is packed. Just think of like rush hour, you know, pre-coronavirus days where everyone's packed in on the train type of situation. It was packed. So we get off the train. People are spilling out of the train and people are spilling in equally into the train we just got off. So we're trying to make our way over to the map. So we could look at, you know, what, what connecting trains and how to get to the connecting train so I can get to London City. And um, we're walking, and then I just hear this voice. Excuse me, hello, hello. And I turn around, and it's the most English-looking man I've ever seen. And when I say English-looking man, he had, like, the brown peacoat, his umbrella, the gloves, the top hat, his shirt and tie. You know, just like, and I'm not trying to make a stereotype or be, you know, to stereotype anyone. But when you think of like the most proper, most well-dressed Englishman, like maybe in his 50s or 60s years of age, like late 50s, early 60s, boom, that's him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if you have that image, this, that's him. Had an English accent, like very proper English, older white gentleman. He's like, hello, hello, come over here. So we walked over to the map because he was standing by the map and he's pointing at the map with his umbrella. It was just so weird. It looked like a movie because I didn't see him on the train. I didn't see him anywhere, but he called us over to the map. And then he says, you're here, but you trying to go here, right? I said, yes, trying to go to London City. He said, okay, I'm going to take you down to the train. And so he's walking with us. He's like, what made you guys come to... um?" to England I heard you're from Florida and we were like oh yeah and I didn't even ask him like how did you hear we were where did you hear we was from Florida you know I didn't tell anyone I was from Florida but um I'm not even thinking about that because we're moving we're trying to get to the next train we're just trying to like do and this guy's giving us it's helping us out you know so I'm like okay this older guy is helping us out cool so we're walking and we're talking with him and then he we're like, Oh yeah, we're um actually going to Paris but we're spending the day here so we want to, you know, find this restaurant, do something, and then we're gonna head on, you know, out to Paris the next day. And he's like, Oh, I said, like, you know, we're musicians, we you know, I rap, I do music, blah, blah, blah. He's like, Oh, that's so cool. And we're walking and I'm telling you, like these connecting trains, we're walking. It's like we're putting in the steps, you know, like getting from one train to the other. So he's walking with us. And he's like, Yeah, my son, my son's on holiday in um Florida. So when I said, you know, my son's in Florida, I would would want someone to take care of him. So I'm gonna take care of you all. Make sure you guys get to your next train safe. So we got to the train and so, well, we got to, like, the turnstile because you had to go to, like, another turnstile. And then, boom, the train's right there. So he's like, um, 
yeah and when you get to france you tell them not all english men are, are rude and i said what's your name and he was like nigel and i gave him a hug I, I just jumped on him and gave him a hug as soon as he told me his name was nigel and the reason why i did that was because um i felt like he was sent to us in that moment i have a great well, i have a grand uncle which is my grandmother's brother uncle nigel and Uncle Nigel was in Jamaica, loved by everyone, you know, like, I don't really know what he did, but like, everyone at the airport knew my uncle, everyone in town knew my uncle, everyone at Carnation Market knew my uncle, everyone like, at the record store, at the patty shop, at, you know, Mr. and Mr. Chindam, everyone know my uncle, like, and loved him, like, the whole, like, the island dam had tilted to the left when it was his funeral, because everybody was there, you know, so, um, I don't know. He and I were close because I used to always go to Jamaica when I was a kid and basically stay with Uncle Nigel and Miss G, which was his wife and their kids, which were um my cousins and variations of cousins because a lot of them was older than me, but they had kids and their kids were like my cousins, you know, so we all grew up together and Uncle Nigel was my favorite. Like that was my, he was like my grandfather when I was in Jamaica, but he was my grand uncle, but he took me like the rest of the kids, even though I called him Uncle Nigel, he, you know was like a grandfather type of uncle because he was older and yeah. So I just was like instantly felt connected when the gentleman in England told me his name was Uncle Nigel. And he was like, yeah, because my son's in Florida on holiday and I wanted to make sure that if someone need, if he needs assistance, someone will be able to give it to him the way I'm giving it to you. And when you get to France, make sure you let them know that not every Englishman is rude. And I was like, wow, that's so crazy. That's so amazing. You know, and the people, and I kind of made it a point of my story to tell you that the people that I asked for directions initially looked like me because I was, you know, still a little nervous. Like, I just don't want to go up to any random person and you just don't know how different cultures are. So I said, well, I'll start with black people and see what they say, <laughs> you know, and it wasn't a black person. It was an older white gentleman who helped us out, ironically named Nigel, which brought it right back to my ancestors, you know? So it's a weird story because after I hugged him and I turned to Colossal, I was like, my uncle's name is Nigel. We turned back and he was gone. And like I told you, it's people spilling in and spilling out. Is massive people. But this dude had on like a camel color, uh, excuse me, let me say it again, a camel colored like peacoat nice plush peacoat nice brown top hat he just you would see him you know walking away he was well dressed well dressed and you would see him walking away and we did not it was like a blink and he was gone and we were right at the and we honestly and you can ask colossal one day i'm gonna have a moment like hey remember that i will make it a point of my duty to remind myself to ask him that when he comes on here with me but um we kind of found that train like just on ourselves trying to figure it out even with looking at the map it was crazy you know so i guess in a in a weird way like the ancestors knew that like nah these two about the we cannot let them you know get lost in london and then miss their flight you know going to for you know for france or whatever so that was crazy but um that's how you know, like, I'd be feeling like they do walk among us, the ancestors and good spirits, you know, 
equally there are bad spirits but i won't entertain that side because i also feel like just within real physical form physical life if you entertain negative energy then negative things will happen if you entertain positive energy positive things will happen you know and it's us it's up to us to make the choice of what we want to entertain right so like i say i'm trying to always keep it positive and always keep it upbeat but this is the Halloween episode. Hey, and oh my goodness, I cannot believe that my stories took me almost to an hour. That's so awesome. I really thought that, um, me telling these stories was going to be like a kind of a lame episode. And I apologize if you guys think it was a lame episode. I really, I was just trying to keep into the mood of the Halloween stuff, but honestly, I can say I had a little bit of fun telling these stories. Reason being is because I know we all have some type of weird stories that we can all pull out the bag from childhood, from some random, you know, time in your 20s and present day, just every day, you know, living some, you know, something that kind of make you feel like it's a higher power at work here, you know, and we already know there's definitely a higher power at work, but I'm talking about the ancestors and talking about the people that we knew physically in form. So, you know, it's awesome and great and amazing to acknowledge God and acknowledge Jesus and acknowledge, you know, a higher deity. But what about our ancestors, you know, like our grandmothers, our grandfathers, our uncles and brothers and sisters and best friends and cousins that were physically here with us in the physical form that we love them with so much energy and so much love and vice versa. They loved us with so much energy and so much love that can't just dissipate. In my opinion, it just can't just dissolve and, and go away in my opinion, you know? So I feel like, um, it's definitely a strong, um, it's there, you know, it's definitely there. One more quick thing. And, um, then I will end out this episode. So you guys can go ahead and get ready for Halloween. It's a show. It was a show a few years back. I can't even think of the name of it. I always do this. I'm so terrible, but it was like a ghost story type of show where um people were telling about different incidents or different things that happened in their um lives there's one lady told a story how she was like a housekeeper in Canada and um no she was a nurse's aide she was in Canada and she was given um she was going to this lady's home for nursing assistance the woman did not want a nurse's aide so she every time someone goes there they leave immediately and when they, they hired her, the agency, they said, hey, you might, it'd be good if you get at least a weekend. Not a lot of people stay, so it's up to you. You figure it out. When you go there, if you're comfortable, then you can, the job is yours, whatever. The lady was like thinking, okay, she must just be like an older, angry lady. You know how sometimes people are older, they get grumpy, they get, you know, ornery. So maybe she was just, you know, one of those. But no, she was like strong, able-bodied, cooking her food you know, everything. So she was like, you don't touch nothing. I will cook. I will clean. You just sit here in the kitchen. That's what she said to the lady. The lady is like, um, no, I'm not going to sit in the kitchen. I am here to take care of you. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. So the lady's like, no, I don't want you to do nothing. I will take care of it. She was like, no, don't touch nothing. I will cook. I will clean. You just sit in the kitchen. If I need your help, I will ask you to help. So she was like, okay, well, let me set the table for you for dinner. No, 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 no. I'll set the table. She was okay. Well, let me at least wash out the um, pots and the pans that you're cooking with. You're doing everything. I, I feel guilty to let you do this. So the lady was like, okay, 
you can wash out the pots and the pans. So she was washing out the pots and the pans. Then she said, I'm going to vacuum. I'm going to vacuum your living room. So she was like, okay, yeah, you could do that. So she said, where's the vacuum? She said, it's upstairs in the closet upstairs next to the bedroom, blah, blah, blah. So she goes upstairs and to get the, ba- the vacuum to come back downstairs and vacuum the living room. She passes the bedroom which she assumes is the master bedroom because it looks like the master bedroom. And she sees a suit, a man's suit laid out on the bed. And she hears the shower running. So she's like, huh, that's weird. I thought that she said the lady lived, you know, that the agency said the lady lives alone. What is this? You know? And so um, she goes back downstairs and she was like, I didn't know that, you know, somebody's upstairs I thought it was just us here and she was like no 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 it's just us don't don't worry don't worry don't go nowhere you stay you just vacuum and you come sit back here so um she was like okay so she started making the dinner table the lady the old lady and she made two plates you know like two places so she said well ma'am I, you know I'm gonna leave soon I'm not gonna stay in for dinner I'm just gonna make sure you're good and you eat dinner and then I'm going to leave so you don't have to put a plate out for me. This is not for you. And she was like, huh? what? So now she's like, okay, hold up. I know I'm not crazy. I see somebody in the, sh- I heard somebody in the shower. I seen the clothes laid out on the bed. Somebody's here, you know? And so she's like, I'm not going to leave until I figure out who's here. The lady's like, okay, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Now it's time for you to go. Like now that you know, she's putting her plates out and everything she's like rushed like didn't you say you had to leave so leave you can leave now goodbye goodbye so the lady's like i'm not gonna leave so she kind of rushed her out the door and said come back tomorrow come back tomorrow you know basically in a weird way she liked her so she said come back tomorrow so she didn't fire her so the lady was like okay well it went well whatever she's a little weird so the agency called the lady that night the um nurse's aide and said how did it go and she was like, it went well, but the lady's a little weird. But you guys told me that, that she was a lady that lived alone and needed assistance. She seems very able-bodied and someone is living there with her because someone was in the shower and she was making food for them and she didn't want me to stay. So I don't know what you guys are talking about. She really doesn't need any, you know, any assistance from a nurse's aide. And they was like, no, she lives by herself and her husband died like a year or two ago and is just been hell with us trying to help her. Like, you know, she refuses the nurse's assistance from, you know, that her family's paying for her, for her to have. And she was like, is one of her kids there? Like somebody's there. And she was like, as far as we know, there's no one on record that should be there. Her kids do not live here. They live in a different country or whatever the case may be they're not here and so she was like all right well I'm gonna go back tomorrow you know not that bad blah 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 she allows me to help her clean up a little bit so I do the cleaning for her while she cooks and insists on doing everything else so she was like okay so then now she goes back now she's been there for about a week now so she's been like helping her out a little bit of stuff here and there every night same thing she's like um seeing dinner plates and just hearing like different little things around the house to make you feel like someone else is there. So she was like, I'm going to, you know, look for this person. Like somebody else is in this house with us. And the, the lady kept like, you just stay right here. Just stay right here. So that further made it feel like something else. It was like, she was lim- She was like restricted to, you know, working in certain rooms. Like you can go to the living room and clean up the living room. You can go over here. You can clean up the but Don't go in my bedroom. Don't go in the basement. Like, so she felt like this is the place where this person's hiding out at. 
we don't know why she's hiding him, blah, blah, blah. Or maybe, like, the husband isn't dead and she's hiding him for some insurance fraud or some stuff. So the lady was thinking, like, that, you know, like the nurse. So the lady kind of gained her trust a little bit as the week went on and allowed her to, like, you know, she started being a little bit more relaxed for her. So she said, oh, um, where's the vacuum? I want to vacuum the living room. She said the vacuum's in the basement this time around. So she goes now, not thinking of it, to go get the vacuum out of the basement. And she just sees a lot of smoke, like cigar smoking going on. And when she gets down there, she doesn't see anyone, but she smells the cigar smoke. Then she hears this roar, like, what are you doing here? Get out. But there's no one in the basement. Hence, another reason why I don't like basements. But, um... She ran out. She ran straight out the house. She said it just sent a chill through her to the point of no return because she realized what she was encountering was um a ghost, you know, was the ghost of her husband, of the lady's husband. And she ran out, left her purse and everything. The agency had to get someone else to go over there and get her purse and stuff and bring it to her because she said, I'm not going back. So I'll just leave you guys with that story as well. That was on a show and um, it was like ghost stories or something like that. And it was about people telling their stories and what was so eerie about it. Like, I remember that story in particular because the lady was Caribbean. They were in Canada. So if you ever come across that, you'll know the episode I'm talking about. Like, that, that's what Colleen was talking about. But um, I could totally relate to stuff like that. Like not that particular type of scenario, but as far as like, yeah, the ancestors are there. And that's why I was saying like earlier in this episode, like if you feed the energy, it will get stronger. She was still cooking for her, her husband who was deceased. She was still laying out clothes for him so he can get dressed after his shower that he was taken in the non-physical form. He was still smoking cigars. He was still in the house with her and he was so strong to the point that he can vocalize and tell the people to get out and scare people so there you go so it is like whatever energy you feed is what you'll get right so always keep it positive that's my basically tales of um ganga (laughs) tales of ganga and that's how we're going to end that with the conclusion of let's keep the energy positive protect your energy protect your peace and keep it positive at all times so yeah that's what we're gonna do i kind of went over the hour i didn't mean to but it is the halloween episode hey and i'm gonna go ahead and get out of here for y'all i'm not even gonna hold y'all hostage any further i'm gonna let y'all go but before i go you know my motto if you like it tell a friend If you don't like it, tell a friend. It's not going to hurt either way, right? Let's spread love, not Rona. Please, guys. I know it's Halloween, so you'll be wearing your mask. But wear your mask for safety as well. Wear that one as well. Okay? Be mindful of where you're getting this candy from. If you're giving out candy, I don't know. I saw this really cool thing online. It was, like, called um, Candy Shoots. And it is like six feet apart and you just like shoot the candy out or not really shoot it out, but like slide it out to the kids or whatever. If you guys have like porches or, you know, stuff like that where you can like slide it out at a distance to the kids, that'd be pretty cool. So you can kind of keep, you know, the distance, safe distance. Trunk or treats are really cool. I know like my job did one. I know a couple of, you know, companies are doing like trunk or treats. Churches are doing trunk or treats, you know, where you just kind of pull up, open up the trunk. They throw the candy in for the kids and you drive off. So it's 
I'm happy to see that the kids are still going to have safe options out there. You guys stay safe doing it. Make sure you're being safe whatever you do this Halloween weekend. Well, you know, if you're partying, if you're giving out candy, if you're going trick or treating and taking candy, like, or getting candy, whatever you do, have fun doing it, but be safe. Wash your hands, wear the mask, spread love, not Rona. And remember what I always tell y'all, love, love, love yourself. Because you can't love me if you can't love yourself, right? All right, until next time, y'all, y'all be good. This is Colleen, a.k.a. Gongly MC on Instagram, a.k.a. Colleen Eat Wings on Instagram. Also, you can go to www.doerecords.com, doerecords.com. Check out the new video. You're going to see the embedded link for this podcast up there. We stream everywhere, iHeart, Spotify, Apple, wherever streaming podcasts are streamed and available. You will find this podcast as well. Tell a friend if you like it. If you don't, still tell a friend. All right, y'all be safe. Y'all be good. And remember, after this, guys, like, you know, the next time we speak, we may or may not have a new president. So also do your research about that and make a wise decision and go vote. And, and, you know, vote for your party. Vote for who you feel is going to be in your best interest. But nonetheless, let your voice be heard and vote, okay? Y'all be good out there. Stay blessed. I love y'all. Peace. Oh. Peace.